to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Um... I was thinking today there was there was a message I was listening to and it left me in a lot of thought concerning praising God and it's so easy to It's so easy to praise him for a car. Like let's say you've, got, you've wanted a car and then you have it, or maybe you wanted a certain result in school and you got it, or especially those things that are a bit more material it seems to be quite easy to praise him in such a situation. But then the question that I have, what will our praises be in heaven? What will you be praising him for? And as I was meditating, there's something I heard today, and it's not my sermon for today, but something that just really blessed me. Now, one of the biggest acts of praise you can give is to align your confession to what Jesus has done for you. And I can show you from the scriptures. When you look at Revelations chapter 5, I want you just to see the scenario in heaven. And let's look at verse 2. It says, I saw a strong angel. So for an angel to be called strong, he must be strong. I saw a strong angel with a loud voice proclaiming with a loud voice, and this is what he proclaimed. He said, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? Let's go on. And no one in heaven 
or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Now, these weren't sinners in heaven. These were saints. But worthiness is a bit different because worthiness has to do with being deserving. And then, let's continue. So I wept much because none was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Uh-huh. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Uh-huh. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. I already taught on the seven spirits of God, right? If you didn't attend the teaching, check the podcast. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne, next verse, then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Uh-huh. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bones full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I hope your prayer is there. Next. And they sang a new song. Now watch what they said. They said, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Notice the praise was being aligned to what he had done for the sons of men. And then observe the next verse. And have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Imagine you move from just faith confessions to aligning those faith confessions to praise. Like it's one thing to say, I'm a new creation. So I say, oh, praise God, I'm a new creation. There's something it does. That's like acknowledging his sacrifice. It's acknowledging that he's the reason why you are a new creation. <laughs> That's a story for another day, after anniversary. So today... <laughs> But I just thought I should let you know because I, I think some of us run out of words when we say let's praise God. Praise him for what he has done for you. And what he has done for you is bigger than any material thing. It's the highest level. It's a higher level. It's the one you'll still be saying in heaven. It's not like when you're in heaven you'll be like, oh God, thank you because in 2019 when I was on earth, <laughs> most likely that might not be the case. Somebody say glory to God. Okay, now let's look at today's topic, which is our fourth pillar. Are you excited about the pillar? And we are looking at the pillar of discipleship. Now, for those who are joining us today, we've looked at three pillars so far. The three pillars we looked at so far were, and these are the pillars of City of the Lord Church, we thought it best seemed right to us and to God to teach this as we are heading towards our fourth anniversary um, of which we'll have a program next week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to commemorate our fourth anniversary. And so we decided to look at the pillars of the City of the Lord Church 
And the first one we looked at was... Someone just said... Uh. <laughs> the first one was... You now sound more confident because your neighbor said it, right? Devotion to God through the word and and a holy life, holiness. The second one was okay, loyalty to and the third one was attendance. That one I talked. My goodness. <laughs> and then today we're looking at discipleship which is number four now discipleship is at the very heartbeat and core of Christianity and it can be seen through uh, some very key things we see in the Bible one of them is through the great commission when you look at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 before that, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So it says, go make disciples. Disciples are made. Disciples are made. And interestingly, that task he gave to human beings to go and make disciples. And so as City of the Lord Church, we don't end on winning souls. That's our first part. Afterwards, we disciple. And then there are some who join us where they're already saved. We still have a role to play, which is to disciple. So we make disciples. That's just the way we work. We make disciples. So any person that we see, any person who decides to be part of us, We've got a plan for their lives. We've got a plan for their time. What's our plan? To make them into a disciple. So here we make disciples. And for us to be able to do this, you'll see later on that we can't do it with just Sunday services. It's work making a disciple. Praise God. But I praise the Lord that when I look at you, I can see that you're not the way you were when you first came. No, I want you to take a moment and imagine when you first came to this ministry. And then check yourself now. What has changed? <laughs> what has changed? Okay, maybe you came, you are not born again. Imagine the day you are born again and now. What has changed? I don't know if you're getting my point. That all that has been a product of discipleship. Some people here were cowards. They are now bored. Let's be honest. Others were playful. They are now serious. And it goes beyond different things. Others, you couldn't imagine yourself dressing the way you dress now. As a <laughs> Others couldn't talk. As in, it's a product of training. I hope you're hearing me. Others, when you came here, you loved God, but you couldn't imagine, how, how will I stop going to those places? Others came here in very toxic relationships. And some, we discipled you out of them. Others, the Lord did you a favor. 
<laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> what am I trying to say? There is a thing God designed worship, eh? And so the Great Commission, this task has been given to men. It's been given to men. And you know, you know why we celebrate our anniversary? For me, it's, it's a celebration of discipleship. Like when I, honestly, when I sit and think, if I ever have a temptation to get discouraged, I sit and think and look at where we're coming from. How some people were. How they are now. I ask God, if this isn't true, then I don't know. Hey! <laughs> Praise God! And I myself too am a product of discipleship. Praise God. Now let's continue. Now, this must be taken very seriously by all. Another element that shows us that discipleship is important is when we look at the words used uh, concerning the fivefold ministry. Let's go to the scripture we've been quoting almost every week. Ephesians chapter verse Someone said six. <laughs> Verse 11. Come on, guys, let's go. <laughs> Haven't we quoted this scripture every day? So Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So he did this so that they could solve people's problems. <laughs> now I'm wondering, like, did it do that so they could solve people's problems? Did it do that so they could lay hands on people every week? So meaning it's bigger than that. There's actually a primary purpose. And never forget that one. Meaning, you may come to church and you can have a service where the pastor hasn't greeted you where no hand has been laid on you, where you've not been located <laughs> the way you wanted to be located. And it can still be the best service you've ever had because the primary purpose is that you must be, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, it doesn't end there. Let me tell you when it ends. So that you should know whether you've outgrown discipleship. Next verse. Till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's how you know we are done discipling you. That's why the moment you begin to act like you worship, it's pride. Praise God. And it's interesting. He says, till we all come to that place. So discipleship must have this obsessive tendency to want everyone to reach that stature of the measure of Christ. So meaning, when it comes to discipleship, would talk some things out of you. No, can you see, because no one is perfect, 
We all have those dark secrets. We all have those dark things. We, no, 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 no. With discipleships, we expose those same dark things, get rid of them, and get you up to the stage of Christ. That's the whole essence. That's the whole essence. The thinking must change. The talking must change. That's the whole essence of discipleship, is to grow people to that level. And until we come to that place, there will still be need for sessions. There will still be need for teachings. And it's very clear that with what God wants to do in the last days, these sessions have to be multiplied. Somebody say discipleship. discipleship. Say one more time. So now, from that, it's very clear that your pastor has been appointed to equip and to perfect you for the work of ministry. And then it says, we all, meaning it doesn't end with one good sermon. It doesn't end with one good message. This message is not enough. You need to also have the next one. And the one which we had last week. It doesn't end with just one good message. It's... It's, it's obsessive in nature. The, the end game is that we must come to that fullness. The full stage, a perfect man. And it says the unity of faith, right? So if you want people to be united, they must, there's nothing that unites people more than having something in common. Imagine having knowledge in common. Praise God. Now, the process through which the Great Commission and pastoring is done is called discipleship. And we can define it as a process by which one who is more learned in the way teaches one who is less instructed in that way. And I made a point earlier this year which I'll say again. Being Powerful believer, I'll use that word uh, loosely. A believer who's greatly admired both by heaven and by earth is not accidental. I'll say it again. Being that big believer you admire to be, you don't just wake up one day and, and you just love praying and, and you just read the Bible and you just know all the scriptures and you can just pray for two hours and you just heal the sea. It's not like that. It doesn't work like that. Interestingly, it doesn't even work by laying of hands. It doesn't even work by impartation. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't even work by receiving a prophetic word. You can receive a prophetic word that gives you detail after detail of the next 10 years. And it won't just happen. You won't just become mature, a mature believer. Today you can have a prophetic word that you're the one. You're the one who's to disciple the next 10 million people. Sit down on it. you will struggle to disciple 10. Is somebody following? Yes, I find it interesting that even when 
even with Timothy, Paul once tells him to stir up the gift in him, which came through the laying of hands. Imagine the gift was already in him, but there are still certain things he had to do with it to come to a place of maturity. So it doesn't just happen. Being the believer you want to be, I want you to picture the believer you want to be. That believer you want to be doesn't happen arbitrary. It's not accidental. It's not random. You can actually decide that you're going to grow. Okay. Earlier today, I made a decision to watch um, to watch a sermon which had been recommended to me by my man of God. And in making that decision to watch it, I was literally making a decision to grow. It was a decision. The other time I remember I had bought a book by him Buying it was one thing. The day I read it, I was making a decision to grow by reading. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves in the most holy faith. So, beloved, you can decide to build yourself up in the most holy faith. You can actually be intentional about growing to another level of faith. In Peter, we are told that desire that earnest milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You can actually make a decision that you're going to grow. At the same time, if you check yourself as a believer and you've not grown, you may also have to look at yourself. Especially if you're in an environment where the world, where the word is being planted, the same seed is being planted. Have you been careful with what you've been hearing? And have you been careful with how you've been hearing it? And have you been careful to, that to, you may observe that which is in it? Praise God. Dear neighbor, we're just getting started. So it's not accidental. A, a disciple is a result of what they've been taught, and not just what they've been taught, but how they've responded to it. So if a person is not growing in the faith, it's one of two things. Either they don't have somebody who's teaching them or they are not responding well to the teachings. It's one of those two things. Either they've got bad teachers or they're a bad student. Since the word is faultless. Praise God. So at COL, uh-uh, I think we try. <laughs> You're going to have to position yourself to grow. If you can position yourself rightly in this ministry, you will grow. You have to position yourself. Somebody say glory. glory. Yeah. Sometimes you may even have to choose your friends wisely. We've had people who've been with us from day one. They've not grown. I'm not joking. Like I even know, we even joke about it. No, I'm not, I'm not even joking. They, no growth. It's like church is a hobby. And I'm a, like a plain father or something like that. I'm serious. Don't let that be you. 
I'm not joking. <laughs> we just come to look at each other. Don't let that be you. <laughs> Say that would never be me in Jesus' name. <laughs> so here's an example of discipleship. Acts 18 verse 24. And we're going to read to verse 26. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. He's already got a rich CV. I think <laughs> a rich CV, eh? Next verse. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he wasn't in heresy, but he was limited. He was mighty, he was fervent in spirit, he taught accurately, but his revelation was limited because of what he had been taught, because of what he knew. So his revelation was limited to what he knew. And there are some who, when you came to this ministry, you were already born again. There was already this fervency in you. There was already this knowledge in you, but you just needed to be taken to the next level of the knowledge of Christ. And notice what the next verse says. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. I've learned this even as a pastor, even as a mentor, not to be afraid of boldness. Because sometimes someone can be bold, but if you talk to them privately, they don't even know that much, but with a the little they know, at least they're bold about it. <laughs> And guess what? They didn't discourage his boldness. What did they do instead? They explained to him the way of God more accurately. That's discipleship. What was the result? <laughs> Let's look at the next verse. Aha. Uh -huh. Are we in the right verse? Okay, next verse. So when he desired to cross Acacia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. Everyone else wrote saying, receive this guy. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Where did that grace come from? What he had been taught. Next verse. For he vigorously, hey, <laughs> the guy went now from fervent to vigorous. He vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Let's go on. Let's go on. Praise God. Are we done? Hallelujah. And you can read on on Apollos if you continue in the book of Acts. Now let's continue. Discipleship in the Bible was taken as seriously as we take school. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 3. You'll see this first in the book of Samuel. This is where you first see this. It says, Now the sons of the prophets were at Bethel and came out to Elisha and they had something to say to Elijah. To Elisha, that is. Now, the sons of the prophets were actually a school. That's why some versions will say the company of prophets. That's why when Elisha said he wanted the double portion, he was asking for the firstborn right from among them. The sons of the prophets were actually a school. Let me read a, a commentary. 
This expression occurs, that's sons of the prophets, for the first time, um, it signifies the schools or colleges of prophets which existed in several of the Israelite and probably of Jewish towns where young men were regularly educated for the prophetic office. And the, these schools make their first appearance under Samuel. So we can see how seriously discipleship was taken in the Bible. It was that serious. Let me show you another example. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 34. How many of you remember the man who made sure that the disciples were not killed? What was his name? Gamaliel, right? I think we need a Bible quiz. The Bible says, then one in the council stood up a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. He's the one who gave that wisdom, saying, if these men are of God, you will just end up fighting God. So I just wanted you to see where his name is featured in the Bible. Then Paul talks about him in Acts 22, verse 3, when he's given a history of himself. You want to see how Paul was such a powerful writer? Have you noticed how Paul could describe things in the tabernacle, the courts, and all those things, how Paul could describe multiple things. Have you observed how, how eloquent he was in how he described Jesus from the scriptures? It was very clear that Paul understood Jewish tradition and Jewish law. Here's how. The Bible says, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. In short, that was my master. He was my trainer. And he says, taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous towards God as you all are today. So Paul, it, it's very clear that the Apostle Paul was knowledgeable about Jewish tradition and law because he was a disciple of Gamaliel. And it's clear Gamaliel was one of the best. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said all this to tell you that a disciple is recognizable. You can spot out a disciple. Listen, and I'm not saying this to bring any form of segregation. I'm saying this so that if the shoe fits, it challenges you to grow. Why do you guys laugh whenever I say if the shoe fits? I think I'll come in a t-shirt one day. If the shoe fits, and then we'll like show like Cinderella, like trying to put on. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. I bet you that, with that when, if a person was to come, and this is a person who's, let's say they know me and they don't know anyone here, and they had multiple conversations with everyone, they probably would be able to tell who's a disciple and who's an attender. Because the disciple is recognizable. It's just the way it is. A disciple can be recognized. But look, before you even look at third parties, I think you can look within yourself and you can tell whether you're growing in discipleship or not. Did you grow in discipleship last year? Have you grown this year as well? Praise God. Now, let's look at this. When I say disciple is recognizable, 
First Samuel 10, verse 10 to 12. Do you remember when uh, Samuel prophesied to Saul and said, the Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll become another man, right? Right? Hey. <laughs> no, if I, as your pastor, when preaching, can be able to take you from Old Testament to New Testament to Old Testament to New Testament, then I'll be very disappointed if I'm to discover you don't make time to read the Bible. Allow me to mention that. Then you're not really being my disciple. It means you just like my sermons. <laughs> they make you feel good. They make you feel lacquer. But on the other hand, they should challenge you to be a student of the word. As in, it should bother you if I mention a name from the Bible that you've never heard. Like, it's one thing, where you're like, okay, I've heard that before. But whereas in, you even know, Izina. <laughs> it's like those exams where you know. <laughs> the exams are there to test who's the disciple of the teacher. Have you ever had an exam where you're like, did he teach this? <laughs> And after class, you try to comfort yourself by asking your friend. You know, you bring up the topic. Ah, okay, the man brings stuff he's never taught. And the friend shows you it's on page two. <laughs> Who's ever been there? <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> I remember in first year, a friend of mine wrote a song. And the song was really funny. I think school was a bit hard. So the song went, um, they said I used to be the sharpest kid in high school, but I'm not feeling it anymore. <laughs> and then it says, these lecturers are always trying to prove that I don't know anything. And it says, but that's not very true because there's this girl in all my classes who knows everything we are taught. <laughs> I laughed. Okay, let's go. First Samuel 10 verse 10. So this is where Saul prophesied with the prophets, right? And it says, when they, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Next verse. And it happened when all who knew him formerly, hey, the Spirit of God came upon him, and suddenly there's a former self and a new self. So it happened that when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets. Hmm? Imagine that person who hasn't seen you in the last six months. There should be something surprising. What? This is the way this person can expound the scriptures. This is the way they prophesy. This is the way they heal the sick. I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, this is the way. This, this same one. Praise God. Then either they will be offended or they will bless God. But at least let them have something that's a bit different. Praise God. And then you answer them, Nine wino mayo. Nonvalesa na onjimia. Okay, that's all. Hey! So it says, now it happened when all who knew him formerly 
Have you ever had a conversation with somebody you knew in high school? And perhaps maybe you're in tertiary or university or something like that. And have you noticed that you can be able to tell sometimes even just what someone is studying by the way their language begins to change a bit? For example, if you notice if somebody is studying law, there are one or two terms they'll start using which were not ordinarily in their vocabulary. Like it wasn't necessarily part of their vocabulary. And, it, and when they use it, it doesn't sound like a guest in their vocabulary. <laughs> or if someone's an accountant, they'll start using certain words a certain way, right? Yeah. But there are others. <laughs> <laughs> The language doesn't change at all. <laughs> the person is in fourth year, Buddha. <laughs> you know this? <laughs> That's you. School, does, school just remains on the pen. <laughs> and then you read their essay. You'll be amazed. Like the same person saying Buddha can use these, these words in their essays. <laughs> it's like people have got a school brain. <laughs> And the brain for after school. <laughs> so now, notice. Uh, let's go to the next verse. No, uh, yeah, the same one. And it happened when all who formerly saw he, that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, notice, that the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is so also among the prophets. My friend, listen. Not everyone may have a calling for the five-fold ministry, but at least let them mistake a new for one. <laughs> because, as in, you should be so equipped for the work of ministry that people should ask, what are your plans? <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm just faithfully serving. But you should be so equipped for the work of ministry that sometimes, sometimes they should ask at home, is it that you're planning another career? Is it that you are tired of studying medicine? As in, it should be so evident that this one is filled with God. And at your workplace, they should nickname you Abusa. Let them nickname you Pastor. And they say it is so also among the prophets. They should ask, were you also ordained an apostle? Maybe we just missed it. They should ask, yes, let them ask that. Because the way in which you're healing the sick, the way you're raising the dead, the way you're working miracles at this level, I, I, are you sure you don't have an international ministry somewhere? They should ask. And what's the next thing they ask? Next verse. Then a man from there answered, but who is their father? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Therefore, it became a proverb. It's so also among the prophets. So it's like someone knew that, look, it, people are not just made. They're somewhere they come from. So the guy just said, no, no, who is their father? I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, people should ask, who disciples you? Who trains you? Who raises you? And that, it's sad if that question comes from blunders. Like, mm, the way this person is doing these things. Like, I'm sure you've noticed there's been some crazy stuff happening in Zambia. Share with young people. And the question they'll ask is, usually if you go see the comments, the advice they'll give is, go find the father to, <laughs> to mentor you and to train you. People should see the excellence. They should see the attitude. I received a phone call 
I think I should have been with my, I was with my mother, and I've forgotten who else I was with. And I was, we're doing something, so I was driving, and I received a call. And so, yeah, I think I was with Dico Max as well. So it was on speaker, and it, it was an unknown number. And the person introduces themselves as elder something, I've just forgotten the name but they're an elder and a ministry. And they said, I boarded a bus two months ago with one of your disciples. His name is Conard. And then he says, sir, I had to get your number. You have raised the disciple. Such that even... <laughs> he was like, such that even elders like me, <laughs> people who are old like me, Elders, people who've been in the church for a long time can get your number and call you and say, sir, no, you've done a good job. That should be the case. Like, our biggest promotion as a ministry is not necessarily our eloquence or uh, maybe us trying to be very flamboyant. Our biggest glory as a ministry is that across all the mountains of influence, people should see there's something about this person. In another field, there's something about this person. They should ask like you. <laughs> who's, who's taught you? Who's discipled you? How did you become like this? Surely this is more than school because I've met your other classmates. Surely this is more than bloodline because I've met even some of your other siblings and cousins. There's something. And you say, hey, let's go together on Sunday. You'll see so I hope somebody they are saying who is their father so a disciple is recognizable notice <laughs> hey <laughs> notice Acts, 4, Acts chapter 4 verse 13 let's start There is no, this is Peter and John speaking, right? No, is there salvation in any other? For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hold on. Hold on. Just pause it there. I want you to imagine, and let's be honest, society has got a tendency to, what do they call it in sociology? Social stratification, Right? where people are classed according to groups. Let's be honest, society has a tendency to do that. And it's in different fields. Sometimes people are classed according to their, their income. Sometimes people are classed according to their education. Sometimes people are classed according to their status. And usually, you would expect something of people of a certain status. So for example, if people are like of the highest statuses and they introduce you to their kids, especially back then, you wouldn't necessarily expect the kid to say, ah, No, you'd expect him to say, hello. <laughs> How are you? I don't know if you're getting my point. Sometimes it will be measured by that. 
please note, I'm not insinuating that. I'm just telling you how it would be. And you'd expect them somehow to have some from accents. Right? <laughs> now, why have I given you that picture? If today, someone's, like maybe you were told, saying, for a while. If your mind has not been refreshed, or if you've got a typical mentality, you have a certain picture saying, obviously, they talk like this and they dress like this and A, B, C, D. Right? Now imagine the person reaches. And not even like from these modern villages, like from the deep, deep, deep village. And then the person reaches and they are dressed the way I'm dressed right now. <laughs> now just imagine that. And <laughs> rather than you teaching them, they are the ones teaching you. That, no, 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 actually, like where maybe you're trying to tell them about the economy, they start telling you economics you don't know. We are second law. They bring up legal terms you've never heard of. You Google, they are right. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. And you, you're the one who's supposed to be the ones that graduate in the family. But then, the things they know are amazing. That's the way it was. These disciples were now teaching the Pharisees who are supposed to be their teachers. So what ended up happening in verse 13? Notice. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and realized these had been with Jesus. <laughs> because they knew this Jesus person, there is a breed he would produce. It didn't matter whether you came from high class or low class. If you had been with Jesus, there's a boldness you would walk with. And there's a way you would talk about the word. <laughs> there's a way you would talk about the word. That's what, that, you, know, you know the situation we want. Where you're on a flight going somewhere. You hear someone behind you having a conversation. And you're like, I recognize that language. <laughs> you turn and see, they are, you've never seen them before. But that language is familiar. That, that boldness is familiar. That aggressiveness towards the mountains of influence is familiar. And you say, you, you, you. <sighs> by any chance, <laughs> by any chance... <laughs> Are you from a certain city I know? <laughs> and they say, in my city! <laughs> Praise God! That's what we want, the disciple breed. Okay, I need to be ending. <laughs> Someone who's been discipled by me, let me tell you one of their marks. They can teach any topic and it will be interesting. Who knew you could sit down and be blessed by teaching on how to attend church? <laughs> so imagine, and you walk out saying, hey, God. <laughs> I'm serious. Any topic, and if you want to know what the secret behind that is, I'll teach that on um, anniversary. There's a reason why it's like that. I'm telling you, I can teach a topic on being boring, and you'll be blessed. No, I'm not even joking. 
Can I tell you another mark? If you've noticed, another mark, C-O-L. Daring. Like, I don't know, there's just this, we, we just don't wait for what people call your time. There's just this daringness. You know, I got ordained at 21 or 22, I don't remember, 22. Imagine I was 22, I was taking care of lives. I didn't have time to, to, to be young. There was no time for that. What was going to happen to a whole generation of people? No, what was going to happen to them? Necessity. <laughs> necessity is laid on me. That's what Paul said. He said, war is me if I don't preach the gospel, for necessity is laid on me. You know what David said? David said, is there not a cause? He was being asked, saying, you, you're supposed to be that side being a shepherd boy. What are you doing here? He said, what? Is there not a cause? We found that there was a cause. So others may ask, why are you guys so much into church? Why are you guys over getting disciples? Over? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? There's, there's a daringness. There's a daringness. And you also notice, there's a mindset of wanting to be the best in all the mountains of influence. We, we just can't leave them alone. We don't want to just hang in there. We don't want to just pass by the earth. No, no, no. The Bible says the earth has been given to man. It's been given to man. We refuse to pass by. We have to do something. Okay. Let's. <laughs> now, just in essence, you guys have been blessed by what I've said, eh? Do you envision the you you want to be? If that's the case, here's the key. Number one, attend church. We've got Wednesday service. <laughs> We've got virtual church which meets every Saturday. Attend those meetings. Don't just attend these ones. If you're part of the virtual church, attend the Saturday meetings. Don't just attend when I'm preaching. You will not be discipled that way. You will just hear one or two good sermons. What else? We've got our Sunday services. Attend. Secondly, be part of a cell group. Now, currently, the cell groups are meeting on Saturday night online. So, meaning there's no excuse. Be part of a cell group. I'll tell you this. Without the cell groups, then it's not the full COL experience. It's like you're saying you've been given five courses and you want to choose three. You have to attend all of them. Attend your cell groups every Saturday. Attend them. What else? We've got a system to orient new members. If you want to be a member of the City of the Lord Church and we put you in a group called Orientation, participate. It's actually very important. You get the vital things that are necessary to be a proper member. As a matter of fact, the seven pillars are taught in Orientation. So those who did Orientation in the last two months, you even know what I'm preaching on Sunday. Praise God. What else? We've got the salvation course. If you've just gotten born again, or perhaps you don't understand salvation, the orientation is taught by FTIM. Salvation course, NSCM. We teach that. What else? We've got foundation class. So the key is this. Um, salvation course is parallel to any of them because people get saved every day. But with the church, the key is you start from orientation. From orientation, you're moved to foundation class. When you graduate foundation class, you're moved to a cell. There are some people who have been like stubborn warriors, like 
perhaps they've decided to skip one or two and they've just found themselves in a cell group. Now, unfortunately, there's a part of the picture I'm missing out because when we give the cell group to teach certain things, they will not go back to certain elementaries which you should have learned in foundation class and, and orientation. So if you've done orientation, don't skip foundation class. Go and learn it. So if you want, maybe if you're not clear about what I'm saying, you can even ask your cell leader and say, okay, I may need to take a break for one or two weeks because I need to go back and learn this. They'll mark your name. Don't worry, you'll still go back to the cell. I hope you're hearing me. We've got establishment class, which we're having next month. That one comes after foundation class. We've got certain ministries, according to your age, your gender, and all those things for special learnings. For example, there's a special teaching I'm doing with the men. Is it this week? Yeah. And then the church appoints leaders in various capacities, ministers, all those, to help administrate people receiving the vision. Now, remember that discipleship is not a sermon, it's a training. That's why I've chosen to end with the following scripture. Sometimes some things can look repetitive. You know, there are some sermons I repeat every year. I just change the title and add the revelation, and I do it very deliberately. What you are learning in grade two and grade one may not be very different. There's a reason it was being repeated. Some things had to be embedded in you. So let's end with Luke 6, verse 40. So don't be shocked if four weeks from now I come and say, I'm going to talk about discipleship. <laughs> I want you to read it together. One, two, three, go. Disciple is not above his teacher. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. You read it one more time. But read it with the last comment I made. Discipleship is not a sermon. It's a training. Read it for the last time. A disciple. Who is what? Who is what? Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the pillar of discipleship. I hope you've been blessed. Let's have the offering baskets. Yes. Yes. Lord, you have made me to be a sanctuary. I'm pure and holy, tried and true. And with your spirit, I am a living sanctuary for you. I'm not singing the wrong lyrics. I'm singing, the, I'm singing them from the born again perspective. You can give your offerings. Thank you, Lord. You, you have made me. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, and tried and true.
lift your hands. Father in heaven, your people have given themselves to be discipled. You have said, He who receives a prophet receives a prophet's reward. Lord, may they receive the disciples' reward. May they receive the reward that comes with being faithful to the word. And Lord, let this word grow in them. Let it make them what it talks about. Let it correct weaknesses. Let it correct personality issues. Let it correct sicknesses. Let it correct mental issues. Let it correct financial issues. Let it correct issues in the name of Jesus. This word is working for you. Say the word of God is living in me. The word of God is growing in me. I believe it. I receive it. I confess it. And I become it. In the name of Jesus. We may say the grace. The amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us all. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed. Stay blessed.